You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 89. A lot of people really struggle with putting events together, and I think it's not so much the putting events together that they struggle with. The thing that most people struggle with is like how to market themselves. So when I first started hosting events and doing my thing, um, I remember feeling like, how come nobody is asking me to do events? Like, how come I can't find customers? Why won't someone pay me to do this thing that I love so much? So um, that didn't stop me. I just kept doing free events. And, you know, I did that for like five years, really. And you can do a lot, a lot of free events. It gets really expensive. Um, You usually spend a lot of your own money to do it. And it's just one of those things like it's not a business model, right? So while in my heart, I was like, gosh, I really want this to be a business. In actuality, it wasn't. It was the furthest thing from a, a business. It was just a hobby. And I, I used like my blog to basically get, I don't know, like give myself validation like that it was like a real thing. Um, and really looking back, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And that's kind of what I found with a lot of people who are interested in the Party Planner Academy is they are saying, um, I know how to throw a party. Like I have really good style. I have good taste. Like I can put together a beautiful party, a beautiful backdrop, a beautiful tablescape. But how do I make these skills marketable? And if you've been trying to do it on your own for a while and you cannot figure it out, it's probably not you. You, you probably are extremely talented and you probably do have exactly what it takes to make money as an event planner, you just don't know where to go next, right? And so I sent out a survey and in the survey, I asked like, what are the biggest struggles? And I took the top 10 biggest struggles and I combined them into what is gonna be this video series of the biggest challenges that people have. Um, And I was kind of surprised because initially the things that you think people are gonna struggle with aren't. Like the number one thing that people struggle with is getting started. And so as I was thinking of like how to answer this question, how to go through like exactly concrete steps to answer this question, it took me right back to the Party Planner Academy and in, you know, how to actually create a business. And so what I want to talk to you today about is starting your party or event planning business. So the first thing that I do in the Party Planner Academy is I have something called the contract with myself. And what it is, is it's a document that I've written that just says, I understand that starting a business takes work. I understand that it takes commitment and a little bit of money. And I am committing to putting my whole heart into this and giving it my all. Like nothing is going to stop me. I'm not going to be deterred. And I think having this contract with myself, this tangible physical reminder that you say, I'm all in is a game changer because for you as an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, if you don't have business partners or anything like that, like it's so easy to get up in your own head about what you should be doing and you get distracted. It's like, I need to have social media. I need to have business cards. I need to have this. I need to have that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, before you do any of that, let's start from the beginning of where you actually want to go and how to get you there. So the very first thing that we cover in the Party Planner Academy, lesson one is your niche your vision, and your mission. What? We're not covering anything about business cards or like starting a business. We're talking about how to figure out what you do. Um, The reason why we start with your niche, your vision, and your mission is it's like, 
what do you want to do? Like is in your heart of hearts, are you honestly like, I just want to do family parties. And like, if I make money, that's fine, but it's not a big deal. Cause if that's you like this, you can stop watching this lesson. Just don't <laughs> tune out. Cause this is not, that's not what this is about. Um, if your vision is like, I really see myself as an event planner. I'd love to take on, you know, two to three big events every month. I'd love to have celebrity clients. I'd love to have high paying clients. Um, I'd love to, to do, um, you know, corporate events. I'd love to do just holiday parties. I'd love to do my own parties. You have to know where you're going. Um, if we don't know where you want to go, how are you going to get there? How am I going to help you get there? Right. I can't help you get there if you don't even know where you want to go. So with niching down, who do you like want to serve? What parties just light you up? So for example, I throw women's only dance parties. I've been doing it. It'll be four years this year. And there have been many, 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 especially in the beginning that did not make money that I actually paid like two to three grand out of pocket for the event to happen how I wanted. And I don't recommend that. It's an expensive, expensive hobby. It's a horrible business model. And um, it's it's a really good way to like drain your whole savings account. Let me just say that. Um, if I would have sat down and said, okay, who am I trying to serve? What is my vision? What is my mission? It would have made all the difference. And for those of you that have come to one of my events, you know that now the vision for those parties is totally different than in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like, I'm going to sell out an event and I'm going to make $10,000 on ticket sales. That was like the whole thing, right? And while that was a good goal, like it's not enough of a vision or a mission for anyone to be like, yeah, we want to support that, right? Like I was thinking very short, short term, like why did I want that money? Why did I want to make money at event planning? That's what I should have been thinking about, right? For my vision and my mission. The reason I wanted to make money is because I wanted to have the freedom to be able to have the same things that I had when I worked before I had my daughter. So for those of you that know my story, I was pregnant with my daughter. I had worked full time, like 40 plus hours a week until the week before I had her three weeks after I had her, I always say I was a stay at home mom for three weeks. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like I need my own side thing because I miss having that extra disposable income to buy handbags and to be able to go to Disneyland if we want to, and to not feel guilty, like going to target, you know, like I want to have those little things. And why did I want them? Because if I dig deeper into my, my vision, my mission, my, my why it's like, Oh, I, um, don't want to feel controlled. Like I don't want to feel like I have parameters on my life. And if I dig a little deeper, it's like when I was growing up, my parents were very strict and I took that as like they were controlling. And so because of that, um, they chose what I wore. They chose how I dressed. They chose what I ate. They told me what to wear, what to eat, like all the things. And again, in their loving, like we're trying to be helpful. I felt extremely controlled. And so I found that as an adult, like having a job and earning my own money, was one way for me to feel like I was in control of my own life. Now, my husband doesn't care how I spend money. Um, he makes plenty of money and we're really blessed. We are so blessed. Like, obviously, if I was spending $3,000 per party to put on parties, like I didn't have this figured out clearly. But me figuring out that me having that income that I was pulling in made me feel worth and made me feel in control of my life. That's why I wanted these parties, right? So then as soon as I figured that out, I was like, Oh, there's other women who probably want that same thing for whatever reason. It's it's what the working and earning your own income does for you mentally, emotionally that helps us feel like my skill set, my talent has worth. Not just um, you know what I mean, not just like I just want to make money, right? Cuz it's not about the money. It's really not. However, if you're telling me it's so not about the money, it's just about contribution, that's totally fine. But you need to make that clear distinction in your mind. Like, 
I'm just doing this for the common good. And you should probably volunteer for a nonprofit if you want to. Um, but if you're looking to make it a business, the thing that you got to do is treat it like a business. Okay. So that brings me into my second point, which is business foundations and um, business finances. So for business foundations, we're talking about like creating your actual business. You guys, you have to treat this like a business. It can't just be a hobby. So that means you need to check out like your state and local laws. How do you get a business license? You can usually go to your city website and say business license apply. They'll give you a whole list of credentials that you need. They're kind of different everywhere you go, but it usually requires the same things like an EIN number, which is a tax identification number. It requires you to register your business. And this isn't a requirement, but you absolutely have to have a separate business checking account, like completely separate from your personal. This was one of the reasons that in the beginning, I paid so much money out of pocket for events is like all of it was just mixed together. It was a disaster. It was a mess. And when money came in, it like went into our, our banking account and it was like hard to remember what was from this and that. Uh. So you have to open a banking account. Now for a business banking account, you actually have to have your business license and an EIN number when you go to the bank. So you have to do these things in order to make sure that they're done. If you want to go above and beyond, I recommend meeting with a lawyer, um, finding somebody that specializes in business formation and having them write up um, some articles of operation for your business. It's super, super important to talk about your operating agreement, like how you do business, just a little page about that. It protects you legally. So if somebody ever came back to sue you, um, they couldn't be like, well, she doesn't even have any articles of operation and and she's you know running around crazy and, and doesn't know how to run a business. So make sure that you do that. It's not that expensive. You can get them on online um, for really cheap as well. But articles of operation and how you run your business is super important to set it up legally, okay? Um, you don't have to do that, but after going through a ton of very high-level masterminds and courses on business specifically, I would recommend it. Even if you write up your own, like you can Google business article of operations, like write up your own, just do not miss that step. That's something that is really, really important for forming your business. Once you have your license, once you have all of your credentials, you're going to learn really quickly that to be an event planner, you don't have to have a degree or any formal education, which is great because that means that anyone who has the talent, anyone that's interested can just start going and be amazing at event planning businesses, right? You don't have to have that. However, it is really important to have the skill sets to actually be able to pull off event an event. And the next thing that we're going to touch on a little bit in this lesson, and we're going to later in the week, I'm going to do a deep dive in this is business finances. Um, when we talk about financing your business, you have business expenses. You're going to have two types of expenses in every business. You're going to have fixed and variable. So fixed expenses are like things that are the same every single month. So let's say, for example, your phone bill, for an easy example, is a fixed expense that you have on your business account. So every month, you know, it's like 120 bucks for your phone bill every single month, right? Fixed income or fixed uh, business expense. A variable business expense could be something that you just need one time. So for example, like business cards, that's like a one-time thing. Maybe you'll do it maybe once or twice a year, but it's not every single month that you're paying $19 for 500 business cards, right? So you need to kind of list out like what exactly the business is going to cost you. So in my business, because I work from home, I leverage a lot of the tax advantages of doing business from home. So I use like my home office, this little area is like a tax write-off. Um, I track all of the things I spend because anything that you use on marketing, anything that you're putting on like for your business is technically a write-off. But in order to get those write-offs, you have to be organized and you have to know where your money is going. So 
The other thing I recommend is to hire an accountant. You can do this by yourself when you're brand new starting out. Like if you're not really making money, you can do this by yourself. But as you get further along in your business, you do not want to be the one spending, you know, from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. every Saturday or whatever, trying to figure out your financials so that you have like your tax information and all of your financial reports. There are people that specialize in like accounting. Um, I didn't go to school for accounting. You probably didn't go to school for accounting. If you did, awesome, do your own. But if you didn't, and it's not a strong suit of yours, you need to just leverage that there are people that are smarter and more talented than you at accounting. And literally, even if it was $150 a month, um, which you can find it way cheaper than that, that your time, like what is your time worth? Because sometimes as a business owner, we get really bootstrappy and scrappy. And I'm I'm like the queen of scrappy business. So I trust me when I tell you this, like it's super, super important um, to make sure your financials are organized. They've got to be separate from your personal account. You're going to treat this business like a business and you need to have that completely separated. Okay. Um, if you are spending the early hours of your morning or like when your kids are asleep to do your accounting, it's not worth your time. I guarantee it. Especially when you start pulling, um, consistently a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand $10,000 a month. It's just not worth your time. Like, please, please, please make this mental note. Like as soon as you can do this, do it. Okay. Um, I am, I'm going to talk about this more later, but business finances and getting that separate business account and personal are huge, 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 huge. Um, so once you've got your niche, you have your vision, you have your mission, you know who you're, you're going to serve and what you want to do. You're going to set up your, your business foundations and get the legal stuff done. You're going to get your business license. You're going to get everything done that you need to set up this business. You're going to set up a business banking account and you're going to work towards having somebody that actually does accounting, get all of your stuff organized and sorted, right? So the next thing is you need to identify your ideal client. Now, I have so many new feelings on this because of the recent mastermind training that I just took. Like in our minds as account, uh, as event planners, we think that we know exactly who we're serving. Like we think that we know what they, you know, like who our client is and ideal. And I think sometimes we glorify like this ideal client, like, oh, my dream client is a celebrity and my dream client is going to pay me $5,000. Um, minimum per event. And my dream client is going to do this, right? Like it's great to dream and think big like that. However, I want to bring you back down to like where you start and what's realistic when you're starting a business. So when you're starting a business, you have to think about it. Like what do people want from me? So if you're thinking about that, that's great. But what's even smarter is to actually do some market testing. So if you're not familiar, you need to jump into Google forms and write up a little survey about what people love about your business. Okay. And you're going to have to like really like work hard to get friends and different people involved to actually help you come up with your marketing so that you know who you want to serve and what people like from you. And you may be completely shocked. <laughs> like what? This is what you want from me. This is what you like from me. Um, because in your mind, you're thinking it's one thing and people, the masses like love this other thing that you do that you're like, Oh, okay. Like for me, I honestly thought it was going to be dance parties forever. Like I love them so much and they have been, they've been a labor of love for sure. As soon as I started doing private events, celebrity events, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And my client from the last event I just did, he called me and he's like, Chelsea Curtis, I just have to tell you, you are such an amazing event planner. I don't think you even understand how amazing you are. 
I have friends from the soiree that you did and this last speaking event that you did that are asking me for your information and I'm hesitant to give it out because I don't want to lose you. And I'm like, what? this is like the best problem ever, right? Um, are you okay with me sharing your information and giving you more business like me? I'm like, um, yes, please, right? Pfft, mind blown. However, how how would it have gone had I not said yes to certain opportunities? Had I not said yes to volunteering and getting to know this, this um, couple? How would I have gone um, if I just wouldn't have put myself in that position, right? I probably would... I don't know, be doing dance parties and I'm, I'm still doing them, but it's only one very small piece of my business, right? It's like the piece because I love it. I'm scaling it way back. Like in my, like high of my dance parties, the highest times of, I think of being busy with those, I did five in one year. It wasn't too much for me. Like I can put them together all day long, but it was too much for the people who were coming. Like I found that people couldn't make it to every single one. Um, and there were peak times and I was learning kind of all of the ins and outs of how to do that well. And so you need to really like think about what people want from you. And so when you're doing this Google form, here's what I want you to do. Okay. That was kind of like a side tangent story, but think about this. When you're identifying your ideal client, like who is the person that's going to buy everything you, you sell? Who's going to be like, yes, if I'm doing an event, I have to have you helping me. Um, you probably don't know all the ins and outs of this. So this is why I'm saying this is super important. Get a Google form and you're going to ask some questions like from the events that I've done in the past, you know, which ones are your favorite? That would be a good question because you kind of have a genre. And then you could ask another question, like out of all the events in your life, um, which ones would you see yourself needing help with an event planner for? How much would you be willing to pay? Um, what are your biggest struggles before or when you think about hiring an event planner? What, um, if you could wave a magic wand and have an event planner, what would you like them to do for you? As many of these types of questions as you can ask, this is like the best kind of market research because it's going to tell you exactly how to flip it around and sell your services back to them. Right. Genius. I, I remember I just barely learned this like last month and I was like, oh my gosh, like so many people, so many people when starting a business, they want to just jump into business. They maybe are like, okay, I have business cards. I have a business license. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to start getting customers. Okay. They fail very, very fast and very, very often because they fail to do this market research and they fail to see where they're contributing in their business, where it's actually making the most impact and then setting up the systems to have referrals and repeat business and to wow their customers because if you've only planned an event for yourself, there's a lot of things that you don't know about managing budgets, managing other people's money, getting things set up for that event that they need, and then reporting back at the end. Like, it's not as simple as, oh, yeah, I'll just wing it. And if it doesn't work out, like, we can just run to the store. Like, as the event planner, you have to have plan, like, backup plans for your backup plans for your backup plans, right? Like, you show up, you bring extra you are blowing their mind. You're over delivering in every single way. And how are you possibly going to know how to do that if you don't even know who your ideal customer is? So think about this. Like instead of thinking about it as like, well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say, lose business or say no to things. Like, for example, I know my ideal customer is not a bride. I just know that. So when I get asked to take weddings, what do you think I say? No, thank you. I don't do weddings, right? Because that is not my ideal customer. I don't want to do weddings. Um, I'm not very good at weddings. There's too many elements to coordinate. And that type of a um, an event planner position is like, you're there all day long. Like you're managing all of these events from like 
the ring ceremony, to the reception, to the line, to the, you know, first dance, to the garter, to the cutting the cake. Like you're, it's almost like a stage production and I do not want to do that. And when I sent out a survey asking people what they wanted from me, what they liked from me, um, it was completely the opposite, right? So I was kind of in line with that. And it was good that I tested to see, to make sure that people didn't want that. Yes, I still get requests for weddings. Um, but I think it's important when you're niching, when you're finding that ideal customer, that you know where your parameters are of like, okay, I do these and I don't do this. Do not get distracted by the money of, oh, it's an opportunity. I'm going to miss this. Like, don't become a caterer and start catering things as an event planner because that's not what event planners do. Like event planners are coordinating catering, right? You shouldn't be doing all of those things. If it's for your own event, yes, awesome. But make sure you're drawing those lines for your clients because it gets really muddled and it's hard to be seen as an expert if you're kind of doing like a little bit of everything. So um, that's, that's kind of what I've got to say about that. I'm going to wrap up with two more points and it's going to be building your brand and building your portfolio. Um, and this is again, like notice how I am diving into the fifth point here. Um, this is an order of operations. Like if you're like, oh, this is so awesome. Like Chelsea, you're giving me all of these nuggets and all this stuff to do, like do them in order of this video because you are going to hurt yourself in the long run if you try to skip steps. And I'm telling you, like my mentor is a multi, multi-millionaire. So like when somebody like that tells you stuff, you listen. Cause I, that, he's obviously smarter than me. Like he's done things I haven't done. Right. So I'm, I'm telling you, like I am an event planner. I've done celebrity events. I've done a ton of stuff. I've obviously done things that probably you haven't done. And some of you have done things I haven't done. Right. But if you know the correct order, if you've been successful, follow the formula, follow the, in, in the right order. So the next thing, the last thing, okay. Which is funny. Cause a lot of people do this first is building your brand. So when you build your brand, we're talking about getting a logo, um, having social media, building a website, which are usually the things that people do first. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to have social media. Like think about it logically. Okay. Think about it logically. You're building a website, you're building marketing, you're building a logo for a customer that you don't even know you have yet. Or if you've had some, maybe it's not your ideal customer, or maybe they're just scattered all over and you're just kind of like trying to like catch those opportunities as they come to you. Right. It's not the most effective way to do business. The most effective way, if you want to show up as an expert, is you know who you serve, you know who and what you're good at, and then you just nail that one over and over and over and over and ask for referrals and ask how you can get better and ask for feedback. Um, so you can do that before you've even done an event. Like I said, everybody has a circle of five to 10 people that would be willing to say, I think you're really good at this and I think you're really good at that. I want to, to caution you really quickly when you're market testing to be wary of not asking your mom. There's something called the mom test. I think there's a whole book about it where um, people get falsified information because they go to their family and they go to their mom and they're like, so mom, I want to do this. And mom's like, oh, you're so amazing. You're so talented. Like you can do anything. Like your mom is probably, especially if you have a good relationship with your mom, probably not the best person to give you consulting on your market and your business because she loves you no matter what, right? So it's kind of um, smart to think outside of your mom. Like think of your Facebook circles, think of your LinkedIn circles, Think of uh, people that you know, like neighbors or even people that don't know you well. Get people like that to give you feedback. Um, or even if you've had the opportunity to work with people for free or if you've had customers in the past, ask those people, like, what did you love about working with me? What would you love to see me doing more of? And when would you like to use me again if you if you needed an event planner, right? So avoid the mom test. Like, just don't even do the mom test. Don't ask your mom. Um, just because, like I said, it's going to be inflated um, way, way, way too positive. And it's, 
it's just not helpful because you already know your mom loves you. So if you're having a bad day, call your mom and, and be like, mom, this is so hard. And she'll be like, oh, you're the best event planner. You got to keep going. Okay. That's where we're going to keep our mom like right there um, on the back burner for when we have a hard day, but don't go to your mom for market testing because it'll throw off your, um, basically your results. It'll throw it off. So well, let's talk about building your brand. So you've done this market test, you see what people want from you. And then when you go to market, you just show up as this event planning expert in whatever you want, right? So if you're saying, okay, I want to take on corporate events, for example. So if you want to take on corporate events, what you need to start doing is building your brand, building this portfolio. So let's say you haven't had the opportunity. That doesn't mean you can't leverage other people's. So for example, if you're on Instagram and you see a corporate event that you love, message them and say, oh my gosh, I love this. Can I feature your picture and tag it on my site? Always ask for permission. You can start to build your portfolio of all of the events you've done and events that you like and you would like to do. And what's going to happen is it's going to give people some visuals of what they can expect when they work with you. So again, you need to know who it is that you're serving. You need to know your mission. You need to know exactly like how you're setting up your business before you ever do this. So let's say like, but Chelsea, I already have an Instagram or, but Chelsea, I already have a website. That's fine. I would honestly tell you to pause and to take a few steps back and get this other stuff sorted first. Because like I said, it's out of order. And as an event planner, like our whole business is organization, right? So get yourself set up and get yourself organized in a way that you can actually market yourself and brand yourself correctly. So part of marketing and building your brand is going to be building your portfolio. And we talked about this just a few seconds ago where I said, you can use other people's pictures. You can use inspiration pictures. Make sure you're always asking for permission and giving credit. If you did not take the picture, um, it's not helpful for you to just steal stuff and pass it off as your own. It's actually copyright infringement and you can get in big trouble. So don't do that. Um, but you know, like it doesn't take a lot to put little things together in your house, take a picture with your phone. It doesn't take a lot to put together some ideas or to build a vision board on. Um, it doesn't take a lot to put together things that like a vision board, if you will, on Pinterest or on any of these apps that do collages, you can actually create some really pretty palettes and, and themes and ideas and bring them together then you use that and market it to your ideal client, right? So if your ideal client is a corporate office, it's going to look like a different marketing package than if your ideal client is like high-end celebrity birthday parties. Do you see what I'm saying here? Okay, super, super, super important. I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that your minds are blown. I hope that you've been writing like crazy um, because over the next seven days, I'm excited to just leak a ton of amazing information straight from the Party Planner Academy e-course. I'm in the middle of a rebrand and I'm actually in the middle of like revamping a ton of this stuff. So make sure to tune in tomorrow, the same time at 9am and I will see you there. You do not want to miss it. Bye you guys. Put your comments and questions in the chat box below and I'll answer them tomorrow. Bye.